Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. We're singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. Maybe not. Well, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. One more hour phone lines for you. Yeah, boy, howdy. It's raining. Uh, maybe it is where you are, maybe it isn't where you are, but yeah, it's our turn. Anyway, we've had some wet times tomorrow. You heard Scott Jagel report that we've got some great weather coming up tomorrow and next week. Let's do it. Anyway, 314-436-7900. This is the Camwex Home Improvement Show. My name is Scott Mosby. Been around here for quite a while. I enjoy my time with you, family of Camwex. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Any questions you have related to your home, your safety, your health, heating and cooling, roof, roof, attic ventilation, gutters, water management, puddles in your yard, all that stuff. I've made all these mistakes. I've messed all this stuff up in my life. So I can be your research department. How to learn to do things wrong? Oh, get smart. Figure that out. You're not going to do that anymore. That's called experience. Well, I've got a lot of experience. I've, what that means is I've messed up a lot of stuff and uh, had to go back and make it right so I could get what I wanted as far as the water to drain off my yard, to drain off of your yards, whatever it is. But my father, uh, our business is Mosby Building Arts, 75, 77 years old now. And, um, you know, the, what I learned from my father, I share with you here on KMOX. Experience is nothing more than having made mistakes and figured it out better. Sometimes we have training um, and educational systems that keep us from making the mistakes, but typically once we figure that out <clears throat> and that technology, we, we train ourselves and we train our uh, employees and workers and associates and trade partners about all, we all move up one, then the manufacturer makes something even better, new whiz bang, faster, better, quicker, smarter, and all of a sudden we're back retraining ourselves trying to put in this new product. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Let's get to my friend here and get going talk to Pat. Hey, Pat, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch time camwax how can i help thank you scott uh we are having a problem with our garage door opening and closing actually just closing uh, we had a guy come out he lined up the sensors mm-hmm. and it's still we have to press the remote multiple times and it's two different remotes in order for the door to go down sometimes it won't go down at all and sometimes you push it a couple of times and it goes down. Any ideas? Um, there are. How old is your garage door? How or the operator? Uh, the operator is about seventeen years old. It was the original with the house. Hmm. Okay. In that 17, uh, 17 years ago, there was still a lot of electronics in it. There are all kinds of safety things. You've got your safety reverse. The eye sensors down at the bottom, I suspect, are there. Yes, so if they don't yes. line up, on, that will prevent the door from closing because it senses there's a child or a pet or a dog or something there, and it does right. a safety reverse. Likewise, if you don't lubricate the rollers, the wheels, and the tracks, or that door is out of alignment and it re- you know it runs into an edge of the door frame, uh, it will sense that safety and turn around and go back. Um, yeah, but it doesn't uh, start coming down and go back up. It just won't go down. Wow. And we just well, keep we keep pushing it, and sometimes if we take the remote off of the 
you know, there it is near the windshield, it'll work. But other times it doesn't. And we just punch it and run out and try not to get hit by the door. Um, yeah. yeah. What, uh, and we think <laughs> the sensors are lined up. The guy came out twice because we had hit it once yeah. in between when he came first and second. So, you don't. and I tell you what used to happen years ago, if it was super cold outside, Mm-hmm. The door would not go down, and the light would blink, okay? And then I would have to go and hold the button down. It's not yeah. a button. It's one of those. It's a lighted thing. And if I held that down, the door would go down. Now, yeah. I don't have to hold the door, the the uh, internal thing that turns it off, you know, that opens and closes the door. Yeah. I can just hit it and then, you know, just run out. It's a new operator. You need to replace this thing. That button that you're pressing is overriding all of the safety mechanisms because something's haywire in oh. that thing. And after and and keep in mind, I, and I don't want to be ruthless on this, but the the equipment that gets put into a new house, unless it's a custom yes. house that you choice, is is not exactly far up the food chain of equipment quality. So you will find here, you know, if it, if your house is 17 years old. Things start going. You're going to start mm-hmm. addressing uh, air conditioners, uh, furnaces, water heaters, garage openers, uh, do- garage doors, <laughs> weather. St- I mean, welcome to yeah. Mosby Building Arts. I mean, this is a big chunk of our business because houses wear right. out. I mean, you and I go to the doctor yep. and the house comes to us, you know, so. Right, but right. After, okay. I mean, if you've had a smart guy out there twice and this thing's still messing with your mind, you know, uh-huh. like ease your pain, put it out of your misery. <laughs> okay. So what we need is not a new garage door. What we need is the new mechanism that sits up in the roof under on right. the over top of the car. A new yeah. garage door opener, basically. Yes. Yes. And okay. and and it you might be able to fix this, but if you're over two, chances are, you know, six months from now you're going to be over five. Okay. <laughs> How Got long it. will okay. you do this before you just, you know, just can't take it? So, I mean, this is kind of a consumer choice of, is it really worn out or broken? I don't know, but how much are you willing to put up with? <laughs> right. How many times do you want to run out of the garage and break a leg yeah. or something, right? Okay. Yeah. Or right. one time, you know, you're on your way out to, you know, graduation of your son and door doesn't open. It's like, oh my gosh, now, not yeah. now, you know, so right. that's kind of exactly. where you are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, Pat. Take care. Bye. Bye. Now, now, page number two of garage door operators, just like personal computers and cell phone. Wow. A a lot of these not expensive garage door openers have a backup battery so that if you lose power to your house, you can always open that garage door. Uh, Sensors and LED lights for turning on. I go out in my garage. So anyway, I have to tell you. Um, I'm in the garage a lot. You know, I'm a work around the house guy. You know, I'm a tool guy. I'm in this home improvement thing. So I'm in the garage as are many homeowners. So I have a really cool garage door opener. My son has one that's even neater than that. So for you gadget guys out there, you can really get some fun done here. Anyway, my point being that garage door openers have really convenient um, things. For example, I've got one. It's connect, connected to my, my phone. And every night at 9 o'clock, I have my phone programmed that if my garage door is open, they close every night at 9 o'clock. 
you know, because it's just a phone thing. So I think it's an extra $60 for the phone, whatever. My point being, and this is uh, for you, Pat, that when you go out looking for garage doors or operators for these doors, um, there's some really neat stuff available out there. Um, my son has one that has an LED light that shines down on the car. So when he pulls the car in, he's it's loaded with tools and all kinds of stuff that when that little red dot hits the whatever the place on his wife's car, she knows exactly where to stop. So little stuff like that. They're not really expensive, but the point is, is there's so many little electronic gadgets that are when you go to buy them, when you finally get one that's got the quality you want, you're going to find a lot of these neat things. So uh, I have to just tell you, as a consumer uh, of uh, garage door operators, they're pretty cool. Um, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a gadget guy, you know, guilty as charged. I, I know ladies roll your eyes and all, but, you know, I'm that guy. You may be married to that guy, too. Um, so anyway, the point being that there will be enough value for me anyway to replace my garage door operator that was let me think what was 22 23 years old and it was pretty exciting you know to the point that like wow now anyway so you may be pleased with it 3144367900 we can talk about all sorts of things uh, garage doors um as as we get into this and you're going to have some wet garage floors folks beware with this amount of rain driving the car in and out you're going to have some wet garage floors beware watch your slippery uh places as you're walking in and out of that garage or like me you know the floor is wet when i'm you know getting ready to go do some yard work and sometimes the best time to you know, clean out debris in my backyard where the water runs, you know, is during a rainstorm. Call me crazy, but so much it. 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby at your service. I'll be right back. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We are live and lively here. Stay tuned, more things happening. Let's get right to the phone line, talk to my friend Kathy. Kathy, for waiting, thank you for waiting, Kathy. How can I help? Thanks so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Uh, Scott, I'm getting ready to redo my master bath. I would prefer not to put a tub in. But if a bathroom only has a shower and no tub, would it be considered a full bath? Yes. It would be now. Okay. Once upon a time, that was not the case, though. Is that correct? Yeah, then it was called a three-quarter bath. But now when we're looking at a three-quarter bath, we're looking at a a tiny little shower that you really can't bend down and pick up the bar of soap, you know. That's a three-quarter bath. But now, you know, some some master bathrooms, you know, the shower's bigger than the tub used to be. So. Right, right. Okay, real good. Well, that's all I needed. Thanks so much. Yeah, and and as you go through that bathroom, some things I would like you to think about here, Kathy, uh, where your blow dryer goes. You can actually put an electrical outlet down underneath your vanity coming out of the wall where you just leave your blow dryer plugged in. There's a little uh, blow dryer ring just like your hairdresser, you know, has. They just hook it in there. So you can open that up, pull your hairdryer. Don't mess with cords. Cord always goes underneath. Things like that. So when you go through all this, you have that option if you truly think through how you use that room during your day getting ready and when you're going to finish the day uh, you can really put some convenience in there for not a lot of money 
Okay, great. All right. Thanks so much, Scott. All right. Take care. Thanks for waiting, Kathleen. Bye now. Okay. Now, um, my version of luxury. Um, For me, I'm kind of simple. Luxury isn't expensive. But luxury for me is when I turn on the faucet, and I use my bathroom faucet a lot and kitchen faucet. So I spend a lot on bathroom faucets and kitchen faucets because I use them every day. I also have good garage doors and operators for that reason. So the things that I would wear out unusually fast, and most of you are similar to me in my, you know, uh, everyday life. So... When I turn on the faucet, I expect it to work. Uh, when I have a pull-out faucet on the kitchen, I expect it to work. When I turn off my hot water or my cold water, I expect it to work. So my point being that as you go through uh, looking at these uh, bathroom fixtures, and uh, I, I mean, and this is in general, whether it's bathroom fixtures, doorknobs, or door locks, the things that you see, feel, and touch and use every day, invest in them there that's where the money belongs because that's real luxury when you want to use your house and it works that's luxury that's that's the way i look at things so uh, little things and even down to uh, an earlier caller uh, when amy in the first hour it's very important that you leverage the knowledge of professionals if you're going to go buy a faucet they better tell you everything about that faucet and how it works and whether the manufacturer holds up to their warranty whether they supply parts or not all that stuff because you know your hundred dollars is your hundred dollars or if you're 500 whatever it is but make sure that you're buying from somebody that will um, be with you the whole life cycle of that faucet because if you buy a good bathroom faucet from a brand that still supplies parts 35 years down the line you can buy all the parts plumbers are trained they'll put them in for you so you don't have to redesign or replace your faucet if you don't get a good faucet um, and you're not really sure who the manufacturer is that's where you run into problems because it really matters that you're in this with somebody that will help you get parts. For example, you buy a car and you can't get parts for it. So every time, you know, 10,000 miles later, I need to tune it up. Well, they don't get parts. Think about that in your home because a good decision will cost you a little bit more. However, you're going to have a partner for the life of that product, whether garage door, deadbolt, uh, door hinge, all that really matters to me, uh, maybe to you. Uh, let's see what's cooking. If Brad, Hey, Brad, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. Are you still with me there, brother? I am. Good morning, and thank you. Oh, thank you. Your parents did a good job. You are so pleasant on the phone. Um, <laughs> my my question. So I have a, my parents from 80, 90-year-old home. They've lived there for about 50 years. You know, uh-huh. 3,000 square feet, three-bedroom brick home. So, you know, I'm walking, and their utility bills are really high, and I'm feeling, you know, the top of the ceiling. And so I go up in the attic, you know, drops. There's an attic fan up there, no electricity up there than that. And the insulation, I'm sure, hasn't been touched in 50, 60, at least 50 years. So I have somebody come look. They say, yeah, you got old insulation. I see some mouse droppings. We ought to take all that out and blow some, I don't know, some uh, uh, fiberglass brown in there. And I thought, why do I have to take the old insulation out? Why don't, I just, uh, why don't you just put new insulation on top of it, um, whatever the R rating would be? What are your thoughts on that? Old insulation, they, I'm sure there are mice in everybody's house. Well, the old insulation, it, here's the thing. 
if you can see if if you can seal the air leakage and i promise that house leaks like a sieve in the ceiling every one of those light fixtures leaks every ceiling fan every light uh leaks so you have air exchange from the attic into the house if they're willing to draw that out and then caulk up and seal every one of those fixtures then it's worth pulling the insulation out but generally you can do that generally that house that you're describing has so little insulation in it that you can pretty much get up there and scrape it back and do the work you need to do um so professionally they're advising you to remove mouse droppings which is a biohazard if it's not that big a deal don't bother you have to make a consumer decision is that really worth the money to me Uh, because personally if you're going to add insulation to that house seal up the air leaks around every one of those boxes every electrical wire that goes down in the wall down into the first floor make sure that gets caulked up around that that's 40 percent of the value of added insulation because if you put in say i'm just going to use around a thousand dollars worth of insulation and the air still blows through it you only got half of your value back so if you block the air which comes sometimes from vacuuming the insulation out but unless you have and i've faced this i mean i probably every house i've been in has had mice in it the point being that if it's not bad enough i'm spending my money and my time keeping the next mouse out that's where I'm investing more so than sucking out the insulation. So, yes, um, they're, they're advising you from a professional status. You have to make the consumer value and decision of, does this matter to me? Because most of those mouse droppings are pretty dried out, and they're not really yeah, I, yeah, let me, hazard. Uh, but, but I think the option was just sucking out the old insulation and just putting new stuff in. It never oh. came up about caulking around. So yeah. I I was more saying just put new insulation on top of it, the stuff that's been there for probably for all i know it's been 80 90 years yeah well i tell you what uh uh, call my office get a referral for an insulation contractor um and and we'll refer you to somebody that's going to talk to you about sealing it up and and they probably aren't going to suck the old insulation out and they'll talk turkey with you straight you know so beware uh what you ask for you just might get it but uh we're happy to share that with you 314-909-1800 Thank you very much, my friend. Right on, Brad. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right, bye. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. We're going to take a short pause and come back for more. Hopefully we get rid of a little bit of rain. Take care. Scott Mosby returning after this. All right, back together, Home Improvement, KMOX. We are live and lively. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Stay tuned, coming right up after the Home Improvement Show, 1 p.m., your retirement professor, your retirement professor, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, age-old favorite of mine, business of family business, 2 p.m. right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. We've got lots of things happening here on the Mighty Mox. Next up, let's see what's happening with my buddy, uh, how about Bob? Hey, Bob, thanks for uh, holding. Thanks for coming back. How can I help you? Yeah, hi. Hi, Scott, again. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I agree with the other guy's comment. You were raised well. Um, <laughs> My anyway. mother did a good job. <laughs> did a good job. I yeah, Respectfully, yeah. Um, and and it needs to be recognized because not enough of this. There's just too much weirdness in the world, and, and we need to get back to good old-fashioned uh, goodness. So. Amen. You know, in my business, Bob, likewise, uh, when we interview for new people, we're effectively looking for a mother who did a good job. 
and that's, that's great. The rest I'm of it we can pretty much that. train. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. That's um yeah, and yeah, I mean I I was raised to, you know, come and you know, get my hair cut <laughs> clean, <laughs> you know, be clean and all that. But anyway, that's um yeah. uh, uh but I guess we'll uh, I have a question. Um, a chimney cricket. Um, I have a 36-inch chimney, and I'm. I was told that it's code that that I, there's not a cricket in there, and it's flashed, but that it will need to have a cricket. But I'm wondering if you know if you could just uh, you you know like a break, just you know uh, fold some flashing like an inverted D to make like a rain diverter. Would that would that satisfy or, or would a cricket, is there a reason why a cricket would be better? Cause I'm worried too, the cricket, like if there's movement in the chimney that, you know, that that could move away and yada, yada, yada. And, well, that uh, would be I, my criticism of the metal one. So keep in mind that the cricket for rainfall, what you're proposing a bent piece of brake metal would actually work pretty well for rain. The problem is when you get snow and ice, snow and ice crawls uphill. So you pretty much, uh, I love crickets. And for those listening, a cricket is a V-shaped device that diverts the water downhill around the sides of the chimney instead of slamming straight broadside into the uphill flat straight wall. So Mm -hmm. I like crickets. I think a cricket should extend beyond. So if you have a 36-inch wide chimney, I would lobby. Frankly, if we're building a cricket for you, I'd say I want that thing four to six inches wider on both sides um, so that when the ice slides down the roof, it actually keeps on going instead of uh, hanging up and tearing up the flashing. So I like I like traditional old, I'm a carpenter, uh, old wood mm-hmm. crickets where we build a little roof and then frankly, you uh, line it with a membrane. This is before any metal, any flashing. Basically, that thing is waterproof, watertight with the membrane that covers the cricket and that area of the roof because of ice and snow. Then you start adding shingles, valleys, metal flashing, counter flashing, all of that. But typically, if you're building it right and you've applied the proper membrane, and this is like building a shower pan, uh, because mm-hmm. when it really gets ugly in the winter time, you get magical things that ice and snow do. You know, they literally go uphill. So mm. that's why. And that's that why I would structurally should that be structurally attached to the chimney in case the chimney moves? Like if it would nah. have some movement or. No, frankly, I, because your 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 concern is a little bit well founded because chimneys and wood structures will always move differently, or you know, chimney pretty much not at all, and the wood's going to get bigger and smaller and longer and shorter according to wind, water, heat, and moisture content. So, uh, but that's where your step flashing goes up at the chimney. Uh, we tend to secure them to the chimney, but the point is, is you will have movement between your flashing and your counter flashing and your shingles and that brick or stone uh, as well, but not much. So you're a fan of the cricket then? I wish I wish more people had them. I mean, there were a lot of houses built fast after World War II that don't have crickets, and they're pricey. I mean, you're putting this roof on and need some carpenter to come and build this little mini roof thing. Well, anything small, you know, that has to perform is expensive because you're buying high-skill, small quantity. Well, you know, it's always mm-hmm. expensive. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a big pricey. fan of crickets. Okay. 
Um, I appreciate it. And I just thought, well, maybe I could just divert it, you know, as long as I was diverting, but, but the structure would be, would be extra. It would be better. Yeah. I guess it would work more efficiently for the snow and everything. Okay. Yeah, because you're, you're, most of your logic will get you where you need to go for rain, you know, until you have blowing rain blowing uphill. Uh, but when you get the snow and ice, man, all bets are off. I like, I like that membrane to run up that wall too far. You know, if if I think the ice or the ice and snow is going to be four, eight, or twelve inches tall or deep, you know, I'm running that flashing that membrane up sixteen inches, and you know that t- that brings on a pretty interesting conversation. You know, the homeowner's like, "Well, that's ugly as the Dickens. You're running that stuff up where I can see." It's like, "Well, yeah, but you know, you you won't ever see it." after that because the snow will stay out so uh, a lot of things that need to be too far are pretty unattractive (laughs) it's like a mini roof (laughs) it's like a roof on a roof it's like just uh on a smaller scale yeah Yep. Mm-hmm. No, you're thinking the right way. I just, uh, how, if you think you need to go three feet, go four feet. You know, just go that extra, especially if you're doing this work yourself, because your skills may not be professional. So sometimes you just have to buy a little extra insurance. Like, well, Scott said, you know, use this membrane. So you do the search, you come up with the membrane, and it's a peel and stick types. Well, golly, you can you can make that thing hold water without shingles and without flashing. And I like your idea. I like about going past it because, you know, where the gutter hits the chimney, there's that gap. And, you know, that that's kind of usually a problem where that water doesn't, if you push the water a little farther, it's yeah. going to more likely get in the gutter, I guess, than, than, um, and then scaling down the side of the wall, even if it's flashed right, I guess. Well, um, the weakest link around that chimney, no matter how I mean, if you have the Wizard of Oz flash this thing, um, the weakest link is the outside corners of the four corners of that chimney. So if you can make the water flow four to six inches outbound of that weakest link, whether you're wrapping it around with a peel and stick membrane or you're doing it with uh, caulk, whatever it is, if you can drive mm-hmm. that water outside and away from your problems of, of assembling building materials, that's where you get performance. That's where you yeah you, you've served the per that's the the full purpose to begin with I guess you gotta, <laughs> right. um, I guess maybe not all go yeah go that drive around mile. town drive drive around town there uh, Bob I think you'd be surprised now that you're thinking about it and you know I'll do the same you know I talked about crickets today I'm going to drive around and I'm going to see a bunch of houses that have crickets um, I've never normally you don't think about yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, old school. This is, you know, it's old school. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate your thoughts on that. That's the, uh, um, I just, uh, yeah, it's just an extra expense. I guess that's why, you know, yeah, it seems to go unnoticed or, um, yeah. And then you got to basically do all the extras like you were on a roof with the, I guess you have to put the wet the ice and shield or ice and water right. on the seam or on the, I guess, it, what is that, a dip or valley or whatever that Inner is. Valley, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and why not? I mean, it's a few extra bucks. You put the membrane down there and then you lay your valley or you lace your shingles in either way. But if your shingles fail, your first line of defense and waterproof, well, that membrane gets it. And, you know, like likewise, when you have snow and ice crawling up from your gutters, 
man, you're pretty happy to have that membrane. I've I've slept some really nice sleep nights in in some nasty storms and heavy snow and ice because I knew how my um, you know chimney and cricket was flashed. It'd just be nice if they did when they build the office, you know. But I guess yeah. you know these things happen. You know, back in the day they didn't do it, so. Um, but, That's pricey. Uh, it's a dying art, you know. It is. Better late than never, I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right, Bob. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Okay. Take care. Bye now. Have a good day. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. And uh, for those of you that don't know what a cricket is, uh, think of, so you have your roof coming down, sloping down, so shingles dropping down, and now you have a chimney that protrudes straight up, just like the square box that comes straight out of that roof. Well, when you get heavy rainfall sliding down your roof shingles and it hits that uphill part of the chimney side, that water slams into it broadside, boils up like a river, and water literally stands straight up in the air before it dissipates and flows around the sides. Well, there's a thing called a cricket, just like the bug, C-R-I-C-K-E-T, cricket. All that is is a two-sided sloped roof that is built with the at a right angle to the roof, so it diverts the water around both sides of that chimney and it's called a cricket and it used to be standard fare back in the 30s 40s 50s and 60s it's kind of gotten out of favor because they're pricey they do take time they're a pain in the neck to flash um, you know for the roofers and such and skills are not as they used to be uh, so that that's the purpose of a cricket that's the history of a cricket if you look one up and uh, do a search on it you'll be fascinated how long it's been around anyway scott mosby home improvement i'm going to take a short pause and come back this is the kmox home improvement show sponsored by reinhold flooring now scott mosby on the voice of st louis kmox all right home improvement scott mosby kmox uh stay tuned one o'clock brings up your retirement professor 2 p.m business of do you know the secret right to losing up to on one KMOX. pound of fat every day let's go next uh talk to frank see what's cooking with him hey frank good afternoon welcome to kmox how can i help Hello, Frank. You there? Uh-oh. Yes, I've got a got a question concerning a patio. Yeah, uh, we're having the patio mud jacked in the next month, and it's going to bring it up about two inches all over. On yeah, the half nice. half of it that's uh, it's cracked all the way down, and it's twenty seven foot long, and it's twelve foot out from the house. Wow. And next to that, I've built a like another little sort of patio out of uh, concrete blocks. I'd like to know what kind of coating you think would be good to to do the patio and also those blocks that would mm-hmm. something to work on those. They're brand new, you know, concrete. So, but uh, I don't want to use the, the epoxy with the pebbles because I want something that's easy to sweep and you know easy to clean. Okay. So, do you have any ideas on that? Yeah. Number one, anything in St. Louis you put on concrete will last five years, and you'll redo it. Whether the Pebble Tech, um, there's an acrylic coating that actually is kind of a cream, uh, and it's just like a painted house or paint coating, anything. Uh, all the surface preparation is everything, and that's why having it typically professionally done is the way to go because they can pebble blast, you know, they literally, you know, abrade. Uh, the top surface of concrete off. They can patch the the joints, 
But I agree with you. The epoxy, you can do an epoxy finish, which is kind of a paint. It's slick. It, you can put texture on it, but then it holds leaves and such. So I think there's an acrylic coating, you know, just like A-C-R-Y-L-I-C. It's a professionally applied cream. They, you know, they do that. They patch all the pieces. Uh, they primer it usually with an epoxy and then they come over it with a, uh, or a bonding primer. And then they come over it with an, uh, an acrylic and they can actually pattern that acrylic to be virtually any color you want and any size and shape. So you can make it mirror pretty closely that uh, concrete block or stone that's adjacent to it. Um, you will have ultraviolet light fade of any of the products that I'm describing, including that Pebble Tech product. Um, I'm using Pebble Tech. That's a pool finish, but basically I use it generically. Um, so that, my advice would be that acrylic troweled on uh, shaped and uh, finished uh, surface. And you will they, replace it or repair it pretty significantly in four to five years because of the freezing. And they put that on on the on the footing on vertical concrete. Uh, they can they can if you want. It's pretty high tech for vertical concretes, but yeah, that's it's overkill on the side. It's more of a surface, but yeah, it's available for that. If you're doing, uh, uh, I didn't understand this. Is this a, a wall kind of a concrete foundation wall? Uh, well, the the patio is uh, 27 foot long, right yeah. next to the house, and then it goes out about 12 foot. Uh, you can actually get a concrete paint that is uh, far less um, performance, but um, it will be easier for you to do it yourself. You can go back and literally just repaint that. So if you get a good cleaning on that concrete wall and a great uh, concrete primer, as long as it's raw concrete, it hasn't been painted before, I would go to the paint store, in a professional paint store, with photos and pictures and colors, and I would literally paint that foundation wall. And the paint will come off like it would normally, your, you know, the rest of your house after eight years. So you scrape it, you patch it, and you, you repaint it. Uh, very inexpensive, easy to maintain. And, you know, if you want to change your mind on the color, that's just another coat of paint too. But the yeah, stuff down yeah. that you walk on, you wheel a wheelbarrow or put furniture on, that's professionally applied. Yeah, the, the gravel in the concrete is, is Merrimack gravel. So oh, you can good concrete, but, get, but orangish. Guess, <laughs> you can probably guess how rough it is. You know, it's thirty about thirty-five years old. Yeah, that's some of the best concrete in the world. That gravel out of the Merrimack River goes all around the world. <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard stuff. It's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The good news is it's hard. Better get it right because it's going to last a long time. Anyway, that yeah, you can. Um, that's where the professionals can, uh, that cream, uh, product that I'm describing will fill some of those voids. So you're in pretty good shape that I think it's a pretty good choice for you, frankly. Okay. Well, sure. Thank you. Okay. Good luck, Frank. Thank hey. you. Appreciate All it. Right. Bye now. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, uh, live and lively. Uh, gosh, I've got, uh, I, 
only about a minute left. My apologies here. We've had a good two-hour show. Stay tuned. One o'clock, your retirement professors. 2 p.m. business of family business. We've been from hour one, how to remove stains in your roof. Uh, it is an algae, so bleach won't quite do it. It'll look like it does, but you need bleach and then lye. Uh, lye doesn't do too well. You know, literally an acid lye like making soap. Uh, Simple Green, uh, some crud cutter, some of those products that will um, get rid of that algae. Uh, also, I uh, got into various things as far as picking out plumbing fixtures. The plumbing fixtures, I really advise that you find somebody that you can really, that can take you through that tour because there are so many manufacturers, so many expensive down to inexpensive. Uh, that doesn't always mean better quality, better support, uh, but some companies are just better for doing parts. Uh, and as the world gets international in its manufacturing, some of those companies we just can't get parts for anymore. So that's kind of my bias to Kohler, American Standard, uh, you know, products like that that you can get products on. Uh, likewise, bathtubs. We talked about bathtubs with Kathy. Uh, so much uh, Wall Street Journal reports that bathtubs are going by the wayside in new homes because the square footage is better used other ways. Likewise, at Mosby Building Arts, uh, company I own, it, we uh, routinely take out tubs and put in bathrooms or, or showers. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Stay tuned, news, weather, and sports, and then your retirement professionals.